Welcome to the first in my series of primers focused on the universe of Warhammer 40,000. If you're watching this you may well be brand new to the all-encompassing hobby we call 40k, but what is it? What's it all about and why should you consider looking into it any further? Well for one reason in recent times people's appetites have been reawakened to highly immersive TV series like Game of Thrones or movie franchises with a decent backstory. 40k goes considerably far beyond these examples. It is one of the biggest miniature war games in the world and features an ever-evolving story that expands in written text video games and of course its original and arguably most important feature the miniatures and its tabletop game. It is created and owned by Games Workshop a UK based company producing tabletop games and associated materials. Now I will cover elements of 40k as briefly as I can today, but I won't skimp on detail just for the sake of time. It's as to the point as I can make it, but if you want to know more about specifics here on my channel I've covered in detail some of the core background areas of the game which is continuing to expand. I'll also be continuing to produce these short primers to the world of 40k and I'll also be continuing to make the longer form content which is featured regularly here on the channel. Often referred to by those already consumed by Warhammer 40,000 as the hobby, 40k is not one thing to one person. It is a highly detailed narrative spanning multiple empires from world-ending galactic campaigns to lowly individual soldier stories. It is a series of usually middle-of-the-road video games with a few standout gems, it's a hobby of addictive miniature painting and crafting, and it is a tabletop war game now established for over 30 years. It has spawned a variety of smaller games designed to be played without acquiring a huge army, games like Space Hulk, Necromunda and Kill Team, and these often require only say 6-10 to 10 pieces per side and are very accessible for new players, whereas standard Warhammer 40,000 tabletop may require larger armies with many many pieces. Now before we come to the lore it is worth looking at the original tabletop game as this will give you a better understanding of just everything about it. If you've never seen or encountered a tabletop game this is not important, it's actually very simple. Usually two players will engage in a battle laid out on a table at your home or a gaming venue. The area of play will be set with terrain pieces often crafted and painted by the players and they will alternate turns moving their miniature soldiers or vehicles and will resolve engagements through random dice rolls according to specific rules and combinations of preset unit stats. There may or may not be a mission for one side to achieve and these games can be highly strict or open to player interpretations. Players will usually paint their miniature soldiers for use on the battlefield and these can be in a variety of factional designs and colours. Some people prefer their involvement in 40k to be focused entirely on this hobby of painting, designing and modifying these miniature units. And this part of 40k can be just as all-consuming as the lore or the tabletop. Some may choose to split their time between each part or devote all their hobby time to one piece of the whole 40k hobby, be that the lore, tabletop or the painting designing element. Now comes the challenge for me, summarising 40k. So Warhammer 40,000 is set in the distant future, a future beset by galactic war from a skirmishing city turf war level through to planetary conquest and system wide campaigns fought through its space and planets. It is far more pessimistic than most other deep lore universes and also regularly borders on what you would describe as space horror. Now 40k is primarily focused around humanity which has through many thousands of years achieved an unimaginable level of technology and then lost the majority of this zenith 
through a devastating war. Humanity after this ancient war was left broken and fragmented across the galaxy. It would be later reunified by one godlike individual known as the Emperor of Man, and he would set in motion the new order for mankind known as the Imperium of Man. But a devastating civil war known as the Horus Heresy would befall mankind before the Emperor could complete his goals for humanity and he would instead now become a living corpse enshrined on Earth or Terra. Humanity would become shattered by this civil war and after a slow painful recovery it has become for the longest time a stagnant civilization. Suffocating under its own bureaucracy, the Imperium has begun making the smallest steps toward advancement in the most recent days of its history, but it still stands as a strange juxtaposition of ancient tech that is beyond the comprehension of many of its citizens. It is a weak and precarious civilization simultaneously able to wield immense military power. Humanity itself through thousands of years of conflict with alien races who are more often than not excessively hostile has become a highly xenophobic race. It views almost all other races as needing to be exterminated and has almost no morals or ethics as to how this is to be achieved. The galaxy spanning empire of humanity is essentially a totalitarian state that worships the emperor of man. The imperium of man has large if not complete control over its citizens including many aspects of their lives, economy, social life, education, private lives, science and indoctrination into its ideology. Any who are not seen to be a follower of the Emperor may and will be persecuted as heretics and this is often largely open to interpretation and leads to large-scale abuses of power and executions. The Imperium uses this deeply entrenched worship and Imperial ideology to control and mobilize mass populations of its citizenry for its armies like the Imperial Guard and Imperial Fleet. It also will utilize its citizens to fulfill whatever role is needed. These roles can and often are fairly unpleasant, especially when the rule of law is often severe and absolute. Humanity also wields in its arsenal the Emperor's greatest gift, the military sledgehammer known as the Imperial Astartes. These are the iconic space marines, genetically enhanced superhuman warriors who represent the pinnacle of human modification and military power. Their forces have access to some of the most powerful weapons and force multipliers humanity wields. Much of this tech is ancient and requires careful care and repair by specialists dedicated to retaining this critical knowledge. But as powerful as humanity is, even with its small progression in its most recent times, it still stands on the edge of annihilation by various alien races or entities. Humanity somehow has survived to this point despite being on an almost permanent risk of complete destruction and forced extinction. Within the law this has nearly happened on multiple occasions and what is left of humanity now in the Imperium of Man are the remnants of those survivors. A highly ignorant, fearful people in a fairly constant state of decay where critical technological information is often lost. The Imperium and Humanity's primary goals are to locate lost technology from the zenith period of mankind known as the Dark Age of Technology, otherwise referred to as the Golden Age. It also focuses upon the continued defence and expansion of its territories and of course the extermination of all alien races known collectively as the Xenos. Because humanity has become so violently and ignorantly xenophobic in the far future, it also has no qualms about committing planetary levels of genocide. If you're not human and don't worship the Emperor, then you are the enemy, a heretic and must be exterminated. 
Diplomacy is almost not a thing for the Imperium, and the usual recourse is to just shoot on sight. In fairness though, there was a time where humanity had attempted a more diplomatic approach, but this over time has just disintegrated, with most of its contact with aliens resulting in some kind of conflict. It now simply believes all other life must be extinguished, or at the very least dominated and enslaved for work or experimentation. These cases are usually quite rare. There are six other races that are seen as the enemies of humanity. Any of these factions can be played by you within the tabletop game of 40k or models for collecting and painting. Some players will dedicate themselves entirely to one faction, building it up, fleshing it out to the limit of their model making ability, and others may have multiple armies of different factions. The Necrons are a very ancient race, strange creatures that appear like metallic skeletons. They are actually formed of living metal. They span the galaxy and are in a continuing state of awakening from their tombs after many thousands of years of sleep. They seek to rebuild their empire and dominate the galaxy. One of their key abilities is that of reanimation. They can reassemble themselves after death and fight on. They are also generally mindless automatons. How this came to be is another story. Now, Games Workshop has seen fit to recently rename some of its units, largely it seems for legal reasons, but since forever this faction has been known as the Eldar. More recently it is known as the Eldari, but basically it's the Eldar. These are derived from the elves of many more fantasy games and are basically space elves. Despite this quite simplistic analogy, the Eldar have a rich and tragic lore. Because of past disasters that have left the Eldar with no homeworlds to speak of, they now travel the galaxy in vast ships known as craft worlds. The Eldar wield powerful weapons, but are generally physically weak, and they also have immense arrogance towards other races. Their defining feature, and to some degree their biggest flaw, is that the Eldar are very powerful when it comes to psychers and psychic abilities drawn from the warp. The Dark Eldar are essentially space pirates who live lives of excess and sadistic torture porn. Anyone who looks like they're about to be captured by the Dark Eldar is rarely something that you would want to contemplate, and suicide would generally be significantly preferable. A faction of many faces and contradicting goals, Chaos is as its name describes, and it originates from the parallel dimension known as the Warp. And this dimension is a reactive plane of existence that absorbs the most powerful emotions and desires of mortal creatures. The reactive immaterium would lead to the birth of entities of godlike power, the Chaos Gods. They each focus on specific mortal desires. Korn is the god of blood, representing war, rage, and hatred. Zinch is the changer, representing ambition, scheming, conspiracy, and sorcery. Nurgle is the plague god, representing mortality, morbidity, and despair. And Slanesh is the god of lust greed, excess, pleasure, pain, and perfection. The continuing desires and emotions of the galaxy's inhabitants sustain these entities. However, they also reach out into the mortal realm through their manifested entities made from the warp known as demons. And these hellish creatures are enough to send ordinary citizens insane on sight. They're backed by traitors to the Imperium, the corrupted Chaos Space Marines. The gods of chaos and their agents can also infect the minds of mortals, and often cults and worshippers may spring up on planets across the Imperium. This is again one reason why the Imperium of Man is so ruthless about purging heretics. While chaos itself in the material world appears as one enemy that simply wages war, it is in fact in an internal conflict within itself. Each of the Chaos Gods fights for domination over the others, and this occupies the majority of their focus and energy. 
Each god's ultimate goal is complete domination of the Immaterium, a goal which seems unattainable and dangerous to their own existence were it to come to pass. Chaos is one of the most varied and pervasive forces in 40k and has many forces operating under its banner, some dedicated to a specific god, others that simply worship Chaos undivided. Now everybody knows the orcs, right? Middle Earth and all that crap? Not these orcs. These are more Mad Max Fury Road crossed with British football hooligans and then you're in the right ballpark, uh, also in space. Space orcs are likely a genetically designed species focused for hyper-violence and to be almost impossible to permanently exterminate. They are as hilarious as they are dangerous and their entire society focuses around casual violence. The orcs though are also probably the most sunny and optimistic of all races, strangely. Their genetic disposition sets them to see things as generally good and enjoyable, especially when it comes to fighting. And they never really see failure as a negative because it means you just get to have another go later. They also operate more on instinct by design than learned knowledge and their willpower becomes more powerful the more orcs are present, meaning when they are collected en masse, they can literally will things to be true by collective belief. They also have a strange ability to just cobble together vehicles and weapons from scrap. They also have no real governing structure. Leaders are chosen by progressively being better at smashing their rivals' heads in until an orc eventually reaches the position of being a war boss. When orcs collect in huge numbers, they may launch a massive campaign of raiding and attacking anything that's not orc by launching a warg, essentially a huge, no-holds-barred slaughter fest. Anything in the way, best dig in or get the hell out. The Tau are one of the newer races and are fast learning that the galaxy is not a friendly place. The Tau operate similarly to the Orcs on a more optimistic level, but that's about as far as their common ground with the Orcs goes, because the Tau exist on the fringe of the Imperium and are unusual as they actively encourage other races to join their cause. They collectively follow an ideology known as the Greater Good. This is their guiding principle that working together is better than working against one another, as this leads to a stronger, more peaceful society. However, anybody who disagrees with this best prepare for war. To be fair though, the Tau do usually attempt significant levels of diplomacy before declaring their target a lost cause. Their military is largely focused around technology and ranged combat, something often mocked and derided by their enemies. The Tau themselves are comparatively weak and use other races absorbed into their faction to fight in close quarters. Tyranids are an unusual exception to all previous Xenos. They do not operate on an ideology, a political structure or debatably a single leader. They are the most Xenos of Xenos and have begun a steady invasion of the galaxy. They are presumed to have arrived from beyond the borders of the known galaxy and are hostile in the extreme. They do not wield any technology as we would understand it or their ships, forces and weapons are biological in origin. Tyranids are one of the most nightmarish factions within 40k. Their singular goal is biomass, that is to strip planets of all biological and mineral materials, leaving them barren dead husks. They assault planets with extreme prejudice and will not cease their assault unless they are damaged to a point where their acquisition of biomass becomes negative to that being expended. 
They use all material to birth their forces on their vast bioships and recycle their own units by dissolving them back into the pool of biomass which then they draw to create anything else they may need. They absorb the genetics of all that they encounter and use this to evolve and create more hostile and efficient creatures and biomachines to achieve their goal. They may also seed and infect planets ahead of time to often use the planet's own inhabitants against themselves when the Tyranids arrive to destroy the world. The Tyranids are controlled en masse by something called the High mind. This is essentially a broadcasted collective consciousness that enables them the powerful skill of being able to operate as one but made up of millions of individual entities across a planet. The Tyranids are horrific, seemingly unstoppable and have already wrought terrible destruction upon many others across the galaxy. Many rumour that their already devastating campaigns are only the initial scouting parties to the Milky Way galaxy and if this is true, the Tyranids could be the ones to end everything. While not wanting to touch on the subject of psychic power too strongly in this video, many factions in 40k feature what are known as psychers. These are essentially individuals who can wield what you might describe in other universes as magic powers. Some factions have strong psychers and others have none, and these powers are drawn from the parallel dimension known as the warp or the immaterium. Individuals who can use these powers do so at considerable risk as the warp is an unstable and dangerous realm. The relationship between real space and warp space is a complicated one and can affect many aspects of life in the far future, but this is something best covered in another video. The takeaway for you today is that Warhammer 40,000 is a world of vast scale warfare and complex inter-factional and internal factional power struggles. 40k is by its very nature often absurd to the extreme. Sometimes this can be somewhat detrimental to its own narrative because when everything is supersized and extreme in the extreme, suddenly everything looks kind of the same and then it becomes arguably less impressive. However, 40k just owns its own absurdity and it's something that you just have to roll with and suspend your disbelief. For many who are obsessed with 40k, the hyper-violent, xenophobic, genocidal nature of its occupants is largely a source for much dark humour. Most people that are into Warhammer, they don't take it too seriously. But it is also fun to take things in 40k very seriously, because it contains so much detail. But simultaneously, there are many memes and pure nonsensical comedy that comes from 40k because of just how extreme it is. The classic It Sounds Like Heresy being one such example whereby anyone who dissents from the official line of thinking is declared a heretic and executed on the spot. It's one that I enjoy using all the time in the comments. And the key theme of 40k is purely about war. The law is a vast, all-encompassing backdrop that stands on its own. But 40k for itself is all about the galactic wars that are unending. It's focused this way because it represents the background for a tabletop war game that is surprisingly about factional war. 40k itself operates on a fairly healthy dose of irony. Much of the events and organisations, forces and individuals often are the result of half-truths or pure indoctrination. And some of those that are held up as heroes are not what they appear to be. And as usual, the context of events are very important, but many things can end up being actually quite subjective. The fact that the Imperium itself has through its devout worship of the Emperor now has its state religion embedded in almost everything it does, which is hilarious when you consider the Emperor of Man set out to eradicate religion from humanity entirely. Warhammer 40k draws from a lot of historical events and ideologies. It also borrows heavily from other settings like Dune, 2000 AD, Lovecraftian influence, obviously Tolkien, and even older texts like Milton's Paradise Lost and the Divine Comedy with Dante and the Inferno. 
40k has continued to be fleshed out over time and it shows no signs of abating, if anything it's moving forward at a faster pace than ever. It is a universe that has consumed me for some 30 years and I highly recommend that you allow the darkness of the far future to enter your life. You may live to regret it, but you will undoubtedly enjoy it. Thanks for watching guys as always, if you have a suggestion for what my next 40k primer should be, tell me in the comments. If you want to learn more about Warhammer 40,000, check out the video on the end screen to the left or my collected playlist of content to the right. This is Luton, I'll see you in the next one.